Ronnie, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast. You're a founder of Golden Cent here. Uh, we're meeting today at the Siemens conference in, uh, in Riyadh. And I'd like to find out how the Puffin market is uh, working here in the GCC region and, and how did it come like that a German uh, is, uh, is heading like the leading Puffin platform here uh, in the market. Please introduce yourself. Uh, Alexander, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, my name is Ronnie Fröhlich. Uh, I'm a co-founder of the Middle East largest online retailer for perfumes. Nice. And then I know if you've told me before, but how did it come? The short story is good enough. Short story. Um, well, of course, there's a component of just the wood. Uh, uh, I knew the Middle East uh, since 2006, where I did an, uh, an internship. This is like the first exposure for, for my personal development here with the region. I went back to university, uh, met uh, the other co-founder of Golden Sand, Malik, who is a Saudi national. We really bonded uh, well with each other and then always brainstormed what, what we're going to do after university times. So it was clear we wanted to do a business together. And then in after some brainstorm sessions, we, we came to this brilliant idea of an online e-commerce for perfumes here in the region. Okay, and uh, you told me already that it's kind of a Douglas concept here for the region. Uh, and the region is not only Saudi, but includes obviously like uh, UAE and um, all of the other countries. Can you give us like a, a rough uh, breakdown of the numbers here? So how, how are we like in a super, super, super niche market or is it like a big and, uh, and growing market? Uh, Middle East in general or perfumes? Uh, the region where you're selling. The region. I mean, the region is a growing region. I would say it's very, uh, has favorable economics. Um, in the Middle East, I mean, to give some numbers on the demo demographics, uh, we talk about a region which has uh, around two and a half million square kilometers, which is uh, equal size like uh, uh, Italy, France, Spain, Germany combined, uh, maybe even a little bit bigger. Um, in this area, we have uh, 55 million inhabitants, uh, 35 are in Saudi and 20 million uh, outside Saudi. Uh, we're talking about mainly six countries, uh, Saudi, Kuwait, UAE, Qatar and uh, Oman. It's the so-called GCC countries. Um, Saudi is um, has been in the last 20 years and will also continue to be uh, a growing country, growing by uh, population. And uh, yeah, so we are today, we're here in Riyadh, which is the largest city. Uh, most people don't realize that, that uh, just the city of Riyadh is almost as big as the UAE altogether. Uh, we talk about eight to nine million inhabitants. But not the same purchasing power than compared to the UAE. <coughs> not yet. Very, very similar. Very, very similar. Yeah? Yeah. Crazy. It, And then I th and if learned yesterday during a dinner, then uh, Jeddah also has like eight million people living yes. there, right? Yes. Also huge. So so the the large uh, metropolitan areas uh, here in the Middle East is uh, number one Riyadh, number two would be uh, an agglomeration of Jeddah, Mecca, and Taif. Yeah. So it's like a six million people. Uh, then we have in the eastern region Damam, Bahrain, Khoba, which is roughly four million uh, people. Uh, for us as a business, in these And these, like, these are important centers also for e-commerce. Uh, we also do our own logistics there yeah, for same-day delivery. And in Dubai, you have like three, three and a half million. Abu Dhabi is three, three and a half million. And Kuwait as a country is uh, three, three and a half million. So, and obviously you said you come, you're coming from a business background and you did like your analysis, breakdown, what kind of markets. Do you want to sell cars? Do you want to sell like jewelry? Do you want to sell 
Uh, usually when you, st you started like uh, uh, roughly uh, eight to ten years ago, um, there still I think the fashion idea was a uh, big selling f because I think that was um, only like two years after the IPO of Zalando when like fashion was still like um, an interesting founder, founder topic. But you went for, uh, uh, for parfums uh, in particular. Um, so w was the competition though favorable uh, back then? So wasn't there any like big online fragrance retailer? Um, when we talk about the region uh, in 2014, you would have some uh, e-commerce players in Dubai operating out of Dubai and some operating out of Jordan. But here in Saudi, there were only a few. Uh, but in our category, uh, we are the first. We are the first uh, e-commerce player born out of Saudi. And uh, I thought about it yesterday. Maybe we are even. Uh, yeah, today, the oldest e-commerce player born out of Saudi in general, uh, because all that have been before us uh, are dead and uh, everyone else, which is live, uh, came after us. So the competition in 2014 was like very, um, yeah, very like in a, in, a, in, a, in a pioneering phase. So uh, when we decided to launch, it's of course, like when you, when you go for such an opportunity, you need to ask yourself, Mm, why is there nobody? Yeah. And uh, yeah, but we found that during that time, that the time was right. Uh, the minimum viable ecosystem was there uh, in which we could launch our uh, business idea. And then we, we had here in the podcast already also like the um, managing director of um, Jumia, who was um, responsible for the rollout of e-commerce um, in Nigeria, and he told me it was like it, it was like a, it was a clusterfuck. It was there was no addresses. You had like uh, eighty percent of the packages or parcels you wanted to uh, you wanted to send out came back because nobody found like the. Um, um, the, the customer. So, so how did it look like? And I, and I guess because there was no big e-commerce players here, um, and most likely no big mail order companies, uh, there must have been like similar problems here in the region. So, how, how was it like in 2014 to send out parfums via parcels? Well, obviously, it was huge, a huge challenge, uh, but of course exciting. Like I actually had uh, also experienced similar things before before launching Golden Sand. Um, so yeah, like. Uh, probably not as challenging as Nigeria, but uh, same. Like you don't have many uh, payment options, uh, uh, logistics. It's uh, very, very challenging. High returns, uh, uh, huge cash on delivery uh, portion of your orders. Um, addresses, of course, uh, also not uh, existing that well. Uh, the, the, the funnel was mainly driven from desktop. Yeah, but it quickly merged into uh, mobile. Yeah, you started uh, ex exactly at the time when the shift happened. Yes, yeah. yes. And and also the country itself. I mean, uh, when we started nine years ago in 2014, Saudi itself was still a hugely challenging uh, country with very a uh, lot of restrictions. And for us, uh, when we started, uh, there was no digital ecosystem. So. We wanted to launch in Saudi Arabia because we knew in the in the long-term prospects that this is the key market to be in. If you want to be big in the GCC, you need to be big in Saudi Arabia. So it's uh, we wanted to, of course, uh, market ourselves right. You need to be close to. Uh, we believe you need to be close to your market. You, know, you cannot operate from from distance and then succeed. Um, 
So yeah, um, but the lack of talent uh, led us to uh, less than a year after our launch, uh, we opened an office in Dubai and then also at the same time in 2015, launched an office in uh, Jordan. So uh, Jordan was a bit our, our back office for customer service and uh, uh, we started also our uh, own IT development there and Dubai was a bit more uh, marketing related. Um, and this was driven mainly, there's no, there was no talent in the digital industry. Uh, so, and has, uh, this, has this changed? It has changed, yes, it has changed. So now uh, still there's a, a good pool, of course, in, in, in the UAE, but especially here in Riyadh, uh, you will find a very dynamic and thriving uh, uh, IT and uh, digital industry. Interesting. Uh, are you allowed to share some numbers about like Golden Sense or how, how big is the business actually? Yeah, so we are the market leader on our segment. So we do approximately, uh, you can like around $100 million uh, GMV in our markets. Um, what other numbers are oh, interesting for you? Example. Employees, for example. Countries you, you shared, yes, it must yes. be like in so, six countries roughly. Yeah, yeah. Our, our core markets is uh, uh, Saudi, first of all, then GCC. Uh, we also ship into uh, around 88 other countries uh, around the world, which we launched uh, recently. Um, we're a company of approximately 150 employees, uh, quite decentralized, uh, situated. We operate mainly out of two offices, uh, one in Riyadh, one in uh, Dubai. Uh, we serve our markets mainly from two big uh, warehouses in Riyadh and in Jeddah. Um, as mentioned earlier, so in the main metropolitan areas, we also uh, deliver uh, with our own uh, delivery fleet. But uh, you also fulfill um, orders from your Saudi warehouses uh, into GCC? So if you like yes. somebody in Dubai orders? Yes. And um, what is like the um, expecta expected um, delivery time? Because when I was in Dubai, uh, the other seamless conference in May, I've learned, you know, uh, same day delivery is kind of standard already. And you have like enough people that are driving around little, uh, uh, um, uh, little scooters um, to, yeah. to deliver the packages. But that seems to be super hard if you, if you fulfill it from a, from a central warehouse in Saudi. Uh, for the Saudi market, like within the metropolitan areas, we are like in a, in a same same day delivery, uh, same day, uh, yeah, delivering at the same day. Um, Saudi itself, in in its entire uh, two and a, two million square meter, uh, two million square kilometers, so we have on an average two two point something days around uh, two ish. Um, okay, and. Yeah. Uh, Dubai, we also serve from uh, a, a, a smaller warehouse in Dubai. Okay. But here's then a little bit uh, category specific. So you have a couple of like top seller stuff where yes. you know it's like the, the turnaround is pretty yes. fast, uh, which you store yes. in, a, in a dark store warehouse, uh, I would say. If you come and you're from time to time in Europe, so if you compare like e commerce experience in, uh, in Europe or the US to, uh, to, the, to the markets here, like in Dubai or, or Riyadh, uh, are the markets here behind, or is there something where they're even more innovative and uh, and um, and, uh, and and show how the future might look like in our markets? Yes, that's an interesting question. Uh, it's it's both. Uh, there are some elements where maybe the markets are behind, and some elements where the markets are ahead. Um, behind, in a sense, uh, like we launched in 2014, and uh, there was we were one of the first e-commerce player in that category. So 
in Europe, we already had like a Douglas Online or a Flaconi or a Feel Unique. Uh, so, so, so that wave of e-commerce started in Europe earlier. Yeah. However, in the details, it's a, it's a little bit different. Where I believe the markets here are ahead is in, I would say, the, still the, the digital adaptation. So the societies here in the markets are very internet uh, affine. So we're here in a country with the highest, um, I think, uh, per capita usage for YouTube, Twitter, uh, all sorts, Snapchat, all sorts of social media. Really? Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, so my, I think my, my picture about Saudi was totally wrong. So. No, no, no. It's uh, yeah. Old, when I when I came here in 2014, of course, many people also said that Ronnie, you are crazy. Yeah, who will buy online? Like the people are just happy to go to a shopping mall. But that's not the case. Like if you if you know the region, if you know the people, if you if you have an understanding, you know that these markets are uh, service driven. And maybe e-commerce is, there's, there's no other country culture better suited for e-commerce than actually uh, here. Uh, so our business, um, a difference to Europe is that we uh, have probably 80 plus percent comes through app. So we have a very high uh, app or very high share of revenue is uh, derived out of our app, which is similar to East Asia, China, Japan, yeah, where you see similar patterns. Social media is also uh, more significant than uh, than in Europe. Uh, I followed uh, many of your podcasts uh, in uh, in German over over the years, and uh, in 2014, 15, 16, a lot of conversations centered around SEO and uh, yes. rather more traditional, I would say, yeah. uh, Google search uh, uh, marketing that we did not see here. Like here, not at all. Uh, there is a component, but not to that significance. So uh, the social media component uh, for us is, of course, much more important. Also, we need to see that our products are in a lifestyle category. So we're not talking about an like an electronics, uh, which is a very technical uh, product with lots of features. Uh, lifestyle like fashion, perfumes. Uh, Uh, beauty uh, that also like has an element of uh, promoting it, yeah? putting it into the right picture, trends, uh, newness. Interesting. Okay, so I've definitely learned that it's a, like it's an upcoming market where you, where you can rely on a lot of macro trends. But let's talk about the channels you've already shared. I don't remember if, if you shared it during the time when I forgot to uh, click on record, but you've shared already with me that the uh, fragrance um, online shares like 10, 12 percent. Yes, I shared uh, very interesting insights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so much stuff like uh, we've talked about already. Uh, 10 to 12 percent. Um, and uh, um, um, you're right, I'm, I'm only like for a very short time. But um, my understanding is like when it comes to like the retail, uh, the retail infrastructure, there's a, still a heavy focus on malls. And like in yes. the big buildings where the hotels are built, they are building like malls uh, um, in, in, uh, into the ground floors, um, st still even bigger than most of the malls we see uh, in Germany. Is it still like the booming, uh, the, the booming market? So still are real estate developers focusing on uh, let's build like another mall, bring like another same brands and retailers um, into it, where most likely there's also um, a fragrance retailer into every in, in yes. every mall. So how, how does it work here? What is the view on <coughs> on um, brick and mortar retail? Saudi is a brick and mortar retail country, and the same way it's also an e-commerce country. 
So uh, brick and mortar is still booming. Uh, there are many shopping mall developments, like we're, we're talking in double digit uh, numbers, where across the country in the next 10 years, uh, many shopping malls will be launched. Uh, and uh, there's just one new shopping mall close by that will be launched uh, this month. And, but where's uh, the demand coming from? Because yes, I understand it's a young it's a young population, and there's like people are there's like more people coming, but double digit numbers it's, it's huge. So where did those people buy before before they started shopping in those malls? Um, honestly, maybe I don't have a compelling answer for for that. But anyone who lives here knows that uh, there is a good spending power. There is uh, uh, people like to consume. Yeah? And uh, uh, yeah, but is it, is it the same like in Dubai? I've learned um, people go to the mall because there's not just no other place to meet. Outside, it's too warm. Then like uh, mm. there's no big parks, uh, maybe some some artificial ones, but not as parks as we see like in in Europe. If you want to meet people without inviting them for dinner, you anyway have to go for a mall. There's a cinema in there. Sometimes there's a fitness studio, whatever. That's why malls are super popular. Yeah. Is it the same here? Because of the weather in, conditions? In general, yes. I mean, traditionally, like when we say traditionally, or when I say traditionally, then let's say the last 10 to 20 years. So <clears throat> um, the the income uh, of, of, of a family, like how, how, how can you spend it? So there is uh, uh, like a lot goes into food. Uh, you will have a fantastic food landscape uh, here, restaurant landscape, and uh, yeah, also shopping. Yeah, so the entertainment uh, industry, uh, there has not been as much uh, options to spend the money uh, on ent entertainment. This is clearly changing. There's a huge support for an upcoming uh, entertainment industry. Tourism is expected to come in. We're talking about 100 million uh, tourists by the year, I think, 2030. Wait, so, which is interesting because like before 2019, there, there wasn't even a tourist visa option. So that's yes. kind of super new, right? Yes. It's one of the challenges also to start uh, a business here in Saudi Arabia when we started in 2014, like how to get in. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, we had to go not only one extra mile, we had to go probably three extra miles uh, just, to solve, uh, just to solve that. Um, however, like as I mentioned, uh, Saudi is a brick and mortar, uh, good for brick and mortar. Retail is uh, growing, is expanding uh, in the same way uh, online is, is expanding from, from our side. In our industry, the, in the in the luxury premium beauty, there has always been a little bit, uh, I would say, uh, a distance from the uh, premium brands when it comes to uh, uh, online online retail. So I think it's now uh, definitely changing after after COVID, and like we we derive probably half of our revenue what we define as outside the metropolitan areas where the retail shopping infrastructure is like, you will not find many shopping malls. Yeah. Mm, and also, okay, yeah. okay, so, yeah, so you're, you're definitely focusing yes. like on, uh, um, on areas out the, out, outside of the biggest cities, yes. which is an interesting um, point. But what definitely maybe, one, maybe, maybe one more number as you like to hear numbers. Um, also, more than 50% of our revenue is made online uh, outside shopping mall shopping hours. Hmm. That must and, be online then, yeah. Must be online. So, uh, I mean, we also make lots of orders uh, in, 
midnight, during the night. Yeah? Uh, you also need to see that the mall shopping, like shopping mall opening hours are different here uh, than in Europe. Is there a law like in Germany that you have to close down the mall? Like, uh, are you not allowed to open it like at Sunday? Or is it like, or no, can you go to malls no, on no, Sunday? No. Um, uh, shopping malls are open every day, so, but in a different uh, timings. And then of course, um, but you will have uh, breaks in, in between. So you will not have uh, a consistent eight hours stretch of uh, shoppable hours. So you will have, uh, let's say, uh, nine o'clock till 12 o'clock, uh, a mall is open. Then there's a short period of uh, closure for the noon prayer. And then in ah, the afternoon, uh, there's another. Yeah. Well, you could say so. Um, so uh, this, uh, like you have like four to four, four breaks. Uh, the last break is around eight o'clock. And then uh, if you go to brick and mortar, then you have like the best shopping time is uh, from eight to 11, yeah? which is also our uh, best shopping window. Okay. And there's obviously, obviously one thing that interests me a lot, like because um, many people like also from the audience might have been to Dubai or they have like a picture of Dubai, lots of parties, very yes. hot, whatever. Um, and there's a lot of opinions about uh, Saudi. Uh, and you said you spend like 50% of your time here, 50% yes. in, uh, in Dubai. And obviously, I didn't have like a proper picture about like uh, Riyadh or Saudi before before I arrived here. And it, for me, it feels a lot like Dubai, to be very honest. It's not mm -hmm. um, as religious or as tough and uh, nobody's screaming around. But and I guess you have to you have to deal with those opinions a lot, like when you have this kind of conversation. So if you What's, what's your view on how developed is this uh, country, how open, free, whatever, compared to the Dubai region of doing business? So how, how easy is, is it for like a European founder to adapt into this here? Good question. In general, uh, the outside view is probably like people in Europe know Dubai uh, and they have heard a little bit of obviously Dubai marketed itself in the last 20 years very yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. and attracts many tourists so then uh, you will also find in Europe many people that have at least been there or seen something or know somebody who, who, who had been there so so there is a bit more feeling for for that and uh, Saudi uh, is a bit has been a bit more like a black box yeah? as yeah. mentioned it's difficult to get inside but my personal experience is I love it uh, I really have a, a very very good time uh, we have a great team here it's uh, also in Dubai, of course. We have uh, we have a great team, but your question is uh, geared more towards uh, here here in uh, Riyadh. So I experience uh, there's a huge uh, young population, very creative, uh, very uh, ex expressionary. <clears throat> uh, you will find now many art galleries, art cafes. Uh, so there's a big entrepreneurial wave. Uh, currently ongoing in all industries, whether it's cafes, e-commerce, uh, shops. Uh, so all industries are uh, going through this entrepreneurial phase. Um, yeah. So personally, it's like the third time that I experienced this in my life, such kind of like economic boom. Uh, myself, I come from East Germany. So after reunification, it was... Uh, uh, similar patterns, yeah, where opening up a market uh, leads into a huge entrepreneurial wave, and like three to five years later, a first consolidation then uh, sets in. Okay, and the second wave was in like the e-commerce boom. Where no, this was in a different industry, a different country, but 
Okay. Longer story. Okay, okay, okay. But very said, interesting. Like, but but the interesting thing here, or what I wanted to, what I wanted to, um, what I wanted to hear, or what I wanted to understand is like, if you would, um, if you would have like uh, uh, an, a conversation with like a, a German founder or a France founder, UK founder, who is also yes. like looking for future opportunities, where like ten years ago we would have said, okay, go to Southeast Asia because like in in the intense like internet expansion times, two thousand five, two thousand fifteen, that seemed to be like the most interesting market when it came to macroeconomic uh, um, uh, tailwinds. Um, before it was like the yes, and now you would say take a closer look to the GCC region uh, plus uh, plus Saudi because that's actually where lots of growth is going to be like in the ten, next ten years. Because many Definitely. founders do need to take this kind of decision now, and they need to go for uh, go for a region where they want to spend uh, uh, their most productive years. I would say. <laughs> well. Uh, there will be obviously still challenges, so it's not it's not that easy, and it's also not the first uh, address for a European founder. Uh, if I would do a personal advice, then probably uh, for someone who is in Europe seeking for opportunities, probably I would still advise Dubai. Uh, it's uh, across the board in terms of regulations and infrastructure, uh, the VC industry, like anything that belongs to the ecosystem uh, is still uh, better equipped and of course uh, in terms of language it will also uh, get far easier uh, through the country navigating uh, in, in, in the UAE. So here in Saudi it's still um, something that will still have to change or, uh, or you as a founder have to better adapt to, to, to the local uh, environment for me personally, as I said, like uh, I was exposed to the Middle East long before uh, starting the the business, so uh, I knew what is it about. Uh, I knew that uh, I would like it, and uh, I knew that I mean I'm a very open-minded person. Um, yeah, able to to cope with all challenges. Yeah. We have. I'm also from Eastern Germany. We have to be. Uh, we have to adapt. Um, uh, but then let's go. In, let's go back to your to your business model. Um, obviously, yes. I also understand like 100 million, like in uh, in, in revenue, uh, most likely growing at a good rate because like uh, there's also some macroeconomic trends, uh, growth, online shift. Um, uh, you can uh, you can work on. Um, and if it's if I compare like to Douglas, Douglas is obviously handling a lot of like third party brands. Mm. But I assume there's like a big chance of like developing your own fragrances, your own fragrances uh, um, brands, especially here in this region, because there must be like a lot of competence here. If, like the, if, yes. if, the con con if the consumption is so much higher <coughs> per capita, then there must be more there must be more fragrance founders uh, available, <laughs> I would say. Uh, it's how does it the, work out? Is, is there like a Golden Sand 1, Golden Sand 2, Golden Sand Black series you can buy? Uh, no, I didn't understand your question. Do, do you have like series? your own brands, your own fragrances ah, you're producing? Yes, I mean, we do We do carry uh, own, own brands. So we also, uh, I would say it's across, across all e-commerce players that you will find in the world. It's a general trend that everyone engages also in own brands, so we understand uh, also that part of the business and it's a good addition. Um, at the end, on the platform, we generate uh, tons of data mm. that we can utilize, of course, for uh, brand creation and also uh, uh, the expertise that our team has gathered uh, over the years and which is manifested in processes 
uh, in dealing with brands, premium brands. Like, well, at the end, it's, it's, it's how to market uh, brands uh, for your consumers. So you can do this for third-party brands, but also for your own brands. Okay, but, but do you see a future for Golden Sand where like more than 50% is, uh, is um, uh, vertical uh, brands? Because looking at the more developed uh, categories like fashion in Europe, um, as a comp or like sports goods, you have to get to like 60, 70% exclusively <coughs> traded brands or self or owned brands mm -hmm. uh, to just to get out of the pricing competition so there's like mm -hmm. it's it's a question of time because uh, there will be like competition and there's pricing competition so you yes. must grow into that region is this possible with fragrances um we i totally understand your your question uh i think we have a little bit different set of numbers and due to economics uh we We do believe we would not uh, need to go that far to like 60%, as you mentioned. Is it possible? Uh, everything is possible. Uh, it depends how you uh, execute it, how you run it. But um, what we believe we like can be far below that. Do you know the fragrance influencer, Jeremy Fragrance? Yes, of course. Is he important here? Uh, we carry his brand, so we are the exclusive uh, distributor for his brand here in the region. Uh, actually, I met him two days ago. <laughs> really? At the beauty exhibition in Dubai, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's also influencing But, consumers here because I, I'm not 100% sure if I understand like his um, followership uh, in social media um, yes. a lot because my understanding was it's not mostly like Europeans, but it's like he's influencing people here in the region. What fragments to buy? He's influencing people and like people uh, know him yeah uh, also like at, like you can see when you next to him that uh, there is uh, every five minutes ten minutes you will have people uh, greeting him uh, um, in general <laughs> but however um, here the region is rich of its own set of influencers yeah so uh, you have let's say equally great stars here in the region that you probably won't know but yeah i've learned yesterday during the dinner that um uh, that like um uh, actors from egypt are super popular here because egypt had had uh, what is really popular in the um, um soap opera uh development and which was consumed here in the region yes. so egypt yes. actors which are not known at all like in, in europe are are, are, re are relevant here uh can from you say it again what e is from it? egypt from, yes. from cairo i didn't yes. know that it's, that's kind of a that's yes. kind of, Well, traditionally, the TV and media industry was centered around Egypt. So yes, so for the entire MENA, the entire MENA region, so that everyone also understands the Egyptian dialect. And, and do, do, do you have a, your own influencer uh, program, your own marketing strategy with influencers? We do. It's part of the marketing mix. So we do like all activities that you can imagine in, in digital marketing, also some offline marketing. Um, we I think we were maybe the first, also here, the first e-commerce that uh, cooperated with influencers in 2014. And we have a very good, long-lasting cooperation. So there are some that we work with for the last uh, eight to nine years. So, and some of them are exclusive just to us, like because we have such a good uh, bond 
with each yeah. other. With many other podcast guests I've talked in the last uh, last 12 months, um, they always mention the supply chain topic for, for their businesses. Um, mm -hmm. In fragrances, I don't know how it works. If like the Indian or Chinese market is important like to produce it, was mm -hmm. there also like a, a supply chain thing? Any fragrances that were not available during that time? Um, yes, it is. I mean, the supply chain is affected. Uh, in general, um, I mean, we cooperate directly with the big brands. We're a very good customer for Koti, for example. And uh, everyone has, like from the big brands, everyone has a local representation. So where we prefer to access the stock. So let's say wider logistics, uh, we are not that much affected with our e-commerce business. Uh, however, with, let's say, own brands, components, uh, sourcing from let's say Europe or from uh, Asia, which is the main uh, places where you, where you source components for fragrances. Uh, here, uh, yes, it's still ongoing. So this year we see huge uh, price increases, uh, supply chains are disrupted. Uh, however, we are managing that well, so we don't see many out of stock. And another topic where lots of uh, e-commerce founders are complaining right now in Europe is like the uh, increase on the logistics side. So like all the unit economics are mm -hmm. going up, but the uh, uh, you cannot raise the prices to what the, the, the end customers in the same way. Um, here we have a very different like influx of uh, migrants uh, in, in, in the region and it still feels like all services uh, you would like to see at a hotel, like valet parking, people like carrying your uh, your uh, uh, um, uh, your stuff. That's still around. It's like it's it's a standard. So, um, what about like the unique economics and logistics then in in e-commerce here? I mean, in global supply chains, uh, uh, it is known that container prices have tripled. Uh, I think in the last two three months, it comes down a little yeah. bit. Mm. So. Maybe we see soon uh, a certain relief. Uh, we we did not uh, yet increase on a broad scale uh, prices uh, to our consumers. Um, we work simply more on efficiency uh, this year and the next uh, six months. But for an average warehouse worker here <coughs> in, in the region, what do you have to pay like from, from a yearly salary perspective? Just to put it in perspective. We, I will not be able to give a precise number, but it's something Converted into euros or dollars is probably like 500, 500 to seven hundred dollars a month. A month, yeah. But this we are not doing ourselves. We we outsource uh, uh, this part to a fulfillment company. Hmm. But there's like still enough people. If, let's say you want to double your warehouse capacity with this kind of growth rate, it will happen mm -hmm. uh, uh, sometime. You would say there's still enough people available, like even the next like five years, that will work like for. A decent salary, so you can afford like uh, the unit economics. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, the Middle East, I would say, works of course a bit differently than Europe. Also, also in terms of uh, workers migration. So I don't think there is a shortage of supply in the next years. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's interesting. There's lot. There's lots of like macroeconomic and structural like advantages in, uh, in, in theory. Obviously climate change is not helping. Uh, the region makes it even harder to get like enough fresh water, but it's like, I, I, I guess like the, um, the, get, the ministry is working on it. It's getting colder in Dubai. It's getting colder in Dubai? Yes. Really? Yes. My feeling is that it gets a little bit colder as uh, there is more uh, uh, weather 
um, how to say, weather engineering in terms of make it rain. So I experience nowadays more uh, colder days than hot days. In Dubai they make it rain? Yes. Really? It's, it's official. You can just uh, Google it. Uh, read I thought, it in I thought only, the Rus- only the Russians did it like 20 years ago for no. their big military parade. So they no. have like no rain in Moscow. It did something to the clouds. So it rains outside of Moscow. Okay. You know, that, but that, uh, that's maybe carrying us too far away from, uh, from, uh, from our core topic. Uh, coming to an end for this podcast, maybe looking into 2023. So it's an mm-hmm. impressive story um, so far. This is some like trends or some like bigger developments here you're looking forward to where like I don't know some of the UK or France businesses have looked into like AI metaverse whatever stuff is there something you would say messenger commerce that's up and coming or some other channels that are not so known in the western world A good question. Uh, we always elaborate in like what are, what are the innovations and we do also try out Uh, in 2018, we had been even the first uh, e-commerce player in the region launching an AR, like an augmented reality feature. Um, what are the next big trends? Uh, in general, I would say there are two very strong uh, macro trends uh, in our, mm. I mean, not only two, if I think about longer, then there, uh, there will be more. But two is uh, the perfume industry itself is uh, evolving, uh, kind of exploding even. So in terms of variety of uh, SKUs that you have in 2022, it's much, much more than in 2010 or in 2000. So you as a consumer, you, you, or we as consumer, we, we have a much more variety today and this trend will continue. Uh, the other... <coughs> overarching macro trend I would say is the evolution of internet itself uh, when we go back in like I, I mentioned that uh, the uh, in our industry we have like a 10 to 12 percent uh, online share to total retail and this is far behind other categories like electronics or books mm-hmm. maybe in books we are at 90 or 95 yeah? so even here in the region So you don't see any big bookstores here? There are big bookstores, yeah, but now I'm talking about like globally, like okay. what we see yeah. uh, globally, uh, that uh, the book category is merged into an online category. Like yeah. no, no, nobody's really buying offline. Will the same happen in the beauty industry? I'm not sure. Uh, I do believe that the uh, online share will definitely grow. And what can be the reasons that beauty is, uh, is, is a bit further behind uh, from what we see and what we experience is that uh, when you go back 12 years to e-commerce, uh, we had uh, what types of marketing were available. Uh, you were able to do Google ads. It's very technical. Essentially performance marketing. Mm-hmm. Performance marketing, yes. Uh, Twitter uh, only had 140 characters, uh, no images, and, uh, and that's not very suitable for a lifestyle category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as the e-commerce uh, or internet infrastructure expanded, a bit bigger bandwidth, uh, uh, also new forms of marketing were available. Uh, now, like it started with a GIF image, then with a real image, Instagram uh, emerged, and, and then we have video platforms, live streaming. So uh, I do think that this, that this trend of um, uh, in, uh, yeah, helping to improve the online dis- discovery, especially for products, 
where most people believe uh, you need to smell the perfume. Uh, no, you can also sell a perfume uh, online, but this macro trend uh, basically is in favor of our industry. And I am very optimistic that in the next 10 years, we may see in the metaverse uh, totally new options how to market uh, perfumes online. Okay, well, but what, uh, how does this compound like in a growth rate in the future? Would you still expect like 30% plus growth rate for Golden Scent then in the next years on Could a yearly be. basis? Yes. Yes, all things combined, uh, uh, favorable. Uh, so it's not outrageous to say like in 2030, you could be like half a billion dollar at least? Definitely, yes. Okay, because the market is like big enough in the region, you might we're expand not, it. We're not, we're not talking about adding other categories or other geographies. Hmm. Nice. I will definitely uh, follow this kind of development. <laughs> and thank you a lot like, for giving us some insight in the market, in the industry, and congratulations of like, this achievement. Like, uh, maybe you. I put it on the title of the podcast, like uh, uh, first and most successful e-commerce player in uh, Riyadh. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie.